What I want from Nintendo in 2024 is what seemingly everybody wants. We all want more Nintendo games, but a Nintendo Switch 2 appears to be climbing the tops of wish lists for the new year, and a trend of remakes and remasters has also emerged from the Nintendo first-party games that are coming in 2024. Now, given the rise of criticism for remasters and remakes, will gamers express disappointment, or are these games just too sacred, too fun to get that negative feedback? Also, it's been a lot longer since a lot of these games originally came out, and these remasters and remakes could be related to the rumored next Switch that may be coming. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video. That way, you don't have to go looking for it. It's a longer video because it's a live stream. So, if you want to be here for the discussions, make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my content. What I want from Nintendo in 2024 is easily stated. I really want the Nintendo Switch 2 to be a reality. And I want more great Nintendo games as well. But more than that, I want the next Switch to offer backwards compatibility and a performance boost for games like Zelda Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. But there are confirmed games coming that I am looking forward to, regardless of if and when the next Nintendo Switch lands. So first, I do want to list five games that I really want to play in 2024. Now, two of the five games are not confirmed, so they're more hopeful appearances that may line up with a new Nintendo Switch. And that's the second thing I want to talk about. What have we heard about the Nintendo Switch 2? We covered it previously, estimated from the rumors that it might be, you know, as strong as like a PlayStation or something like that, and then there were the rumors of what it looked like at Gamescom, and now we even have developers doing interviews where they're referring to the new Nintendo platform coming this year. Uh, Koei Tecmo saying it's getting a lot of focus from them so it seemingly has been even confirmed by developers but the question would be, you know, will it be portable again? Will they look to increase performance by a large margin? And then I want to talk about if those rumors are true, what does that look like? We're going to look at the game sales for Nintendo as well as the Switch market saturation and what that means for a new Nintendo Switch and what a Switch will do maybe with more modern performance, what that might look like in the market. Lastly, I want to talk about how Nintendo did in 2023 and why a Switch 2 is so important for me as a Nintendo fan. But first, let's just talk about the games, okay, that are coming, because I really do want to play these. Now, the first game I was looking forward to is actually a remake. I didn't actually know that because I never played this. Mario vs. Donkey Kong originally released in 2004 for the Game Boy Advance. Now, I didn't have a Game Boy Advance. I originally had a Game Boy Color and pretty much only played Pokemon on it, but didn't really get big into the Game Boy after that, so I missed out on Mario vs. Donkey Kong. And I don't think anybody's going to take issue with this remake happening 20 years later, especially since the first game was on the Game Boy Advance, and many people like me are probably like, hey, you know, I either didn't play that one, or I'd love to have it on console, or if it's been 20 years, you're probably like, that's not that big of a deal, right? The Mario vs. Donkey Kong Switch release date is February 16th, and they have actually added co-op as well. My wife and I really enjoyed co-op in Super Mario Bros. Wonder, but games like this, I think, are a little bit better for a nice, chill, couch co-op game that harkens back to the classic era of Donkey Kong and Mario facing off. Some of my earliest gaming memories are playing Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong Jr. on our family's Coleco. 
And those are just great games. I think they are classics. And I think many people will enjoy this one when it comes out. I know I will. And I'm also excited to dive into Mario vs. Donkey Kong, not just for the first time, but when it lands in February. So the beginning of the year is kind of stacked. We already kind of talked about how PlayStation already has a bunch of things lined up in the beginning of the year. And we may be getting that Xbox Developer Direct as well in January. So we're looking at a pretty strong start to the year from all the platforms. Now, the second game I'm looking for to is actually more for my daughter. Now, she's really turned into a great gamer. She's completing games on her own, like Stray and Hi-Fi Rush. I had to help her very minimally with those two games, and they're very cool, very creative, so she's kind of you know, acquiring an eclectic taste of games, but even Kirby in the Forgotten Land, she beat that on her own. She was playing post-game content. It was crazy. Going back through levels, she was fighting bosses. She was going through a boss rush at one point. I was like, is this thing ever going to end and it was really really cool to see her sort of dive that deeply into a game so princess peach showtime lands on march 22nd and the gameplay actually looks like a blast peach changes her outfit she's sort of reclaiming these stolen plays and so everyone has like sort of a set world and feel and vibe and then her combat and everything sort of changes around how she's dressed now her moves her abilities everything so there's a lot of even mini games inside of this one that seem sort of reminiscent to like Mario Party mini games. So whether you're Kung Fu Peach or like a Musketeer Peach, the gameplay actually looks fun and it even has boss fights. So I'm sure after Kirby and the Forgotten Land, my daughter's going to love this one, even if it's probably not necessarily for my taste. I don't know. It'd be funny if I end up liking it, but I saw this one whenever the trailer hit during the Nintendo Direct and I immediately thought of my daughter. Now the third Nintendo game I'm looking forward to in 2024 is Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. Now, this is another remake, and in similar fashion, they waited 20 years to do it. I actually wonder if that's going to be a theme, maybe with the Switch 2, if it is in fact real, right? A bunch of 20-year anniversaries, and, you know, maybe that's an opportunity for them to really push that and talk about, hey, we, we've got a lot of classics that are coming back for their 20-year anniversaries. Now, this game was originally on the GameCube and released in June of 2004. The original game does not seem to feature co-op when I was researching this. It looks like maybe they added a mod and folks were playing it together and it was like a randomizer. So maybe they will add co-op. Yoshi's Crafted World was a great couch co-op game. My wife and I and the kids enjoyed that one. We played that from time to time. So those are sort of the three confirmed games from Nintendo that I'm looking forward to, okay? Mario versus Donkey Kong, uh, Peach's Showtime, and then the remake of Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. Now, the next two are ones that I really, really hope happen, okay? If the Switch 2 is real, then I actually think these two could be happening maybe this year. And the first is Metroid Prime 4. Now, I was never really into Metroid Prime because I just wanted more games like Super Metroid. But on a Switch 2, if they can hit 60 FPS, a new Metroid Prime would be high on my list of games to play in 2024. I still would love to see a new Metroid more in the vein of Super Metroid since Metroid Dread was more of a continuation of the Metroid Fusion style game. And I just, that's not really my vibe. I really love Super Metroid and I love Metroidvania and I would love to see a Metroid sort of return to be one of the best Metroidvanias that are out there. And I know there's Metroidvania elements in Dread. It just, it didn't really vibe with me because, again, I was, I was wanting to see a continuation of the Super Metroid format. So, Metroid Prime 4 would definitely be high on my list and would make for a perfect launch title 
for Nintendo Switch 2. And another game that would make an amazing launch title in 2024 is a new Mario Kart. The current Mario Kart is Mario Kart 8, and it originally launched in 2014. So much like the remakes that are now, you know, 20 years old, a 10 years, I think, is just a big enough time window for them to bring a big and a new huge Mario Kart. I think that that would be amazing. I really love what they did with Mario Kart 8 and the DLC tracks, but I think it's time to do what Nintendo does best and take Mario Kart up a notch. And what better way to do that than to have it be a launch title on the new Nintendo Switch? Now, keep in mind, I'm assuming that both Metroid Prime 4 and a new Mario Kart would be cross-generationally supported and run on the original Nintendo Switch, kind of how games were launching and they were hitting the Wii U and the Nintendo Switch. I imagine that that would be the case for some of these titles. Speaking of which, this is one of the things I really hope we do see. Let's talk about the Nintendo Switch 2. Now, throughout 2023, a lot of Switch 2 rumors have swirled. There was an LED screen being made for a new console, and many people speculated that that's got to be the Switch. What other console would be being made with an LCD screen, right? People were a little irritated about that. They're like, well, I would want an OLED. There was an earnings call also where assurances were made that they wanted a smooth transition for accounts when moving to a new console or moving to a new Switch. Now, this to me was an answer to the concerns about backwards compatibility. I don't think with the digital library age that we now live in that Nintendo could afford to say, nope, none of your games come with you. I do, I do not think that they would get away with that. Now, the latest report in December of 2023, it looks like the new Switch may actually feature an OLED screen. So for those that were concerned when we saw the reports about the LCD, according to WCCF Tech, this is what they say in their article, the Nintendo Switch 2 may feature an OLED display produced by Samsung, according to a new online report from Korea. And the way they see it, they actually think in their report over at WCCF Tech that this adds credence to another rumor. And they say the following. Today's news seems to give more credence to the rumors talking about two different launch SKUs which could feature a cheaper model mounting an LCD panel and more expensive model that offers the OLED panel. Now, honestly, this makes sense, okay? There are those who would not care. They would just be happy to get a new Nintendo. I have been perfectly happy with my LCD screen on my PlayStation Portal, okay? I have not experienced an OLED, okay? Others who have experienced the OLED screen would likely feel like they're downgrading if they buy a Switch 2 with an LCD. So these are, I think, just where people... These are newer rumors, okay? And there's also new rumors saying that the next Switch will land earlier in 2024 than originally thought. Now, there was an earnings call from Nintendo where they said there'd be no new hardware until after the fiscal year ends. And what that would mean is you're not going to see this new hardware release in the first quarter that doesn't mean they can't announce it okay that still leaves the second quarter i'm seeing some of the nintendo channels out there speculating may or june i think may makes a lot of sense because then you could basically hit the summer marketing push in june and do a direct and you got summer game fest and it could be all about the games and the new system but what i want from the device is pretty simple I just want 60 FPS in games like Zelda and others. The graphical fidelity does not need to skyrocket, okay? We don't really need things like ray tracing and 4K. These are buzzwords, I know, and I know gamers like these things. I know people really like how pretty 
all the lighting is in some of the newer games. But some of the rumors about the chipset that this device will use and then leveraging DLSS might make the graphics and performance exceed even what I'm looking for. The rumors about what was shown at Gamescom definitely has me interested to see just how impressive this new device is. Because something that a lot of people dislike about the Nintendo Switch is not the games or even the portable nature of the device. It's the performance. It feels like a step back in time and I am one of those people Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was amazing but going back and forth from modern games at 60 FPS it just made me stop playing Tears of the Kingdom which was really disappointing because I was really enjoying the game but 30 FPS just starts to look like a slideshow it looks blurry and kind of muddy if you're used to 60 FPS this is one of the reasons I've been very critical of Final Fantasy 16's performance mode because it maintains 60 in combat and when you come out of combat it's all over the place in the 30s and the 40s it's not stable and it's a truly bad experience I get that not all gamers see it this way or they don't even experience it this way sometimes people hear me talk like this and they're like what are you talking about 30 FPS is fine the more and more 60 fps becomes standard in games i think the less tolerable 30 fps will be it trended on twitter when gotham knights announced that it would not be 60 it really i think put a damper on some of the marketing and some of the excitement surrounding starfield and then redfall launched and was like yeah we'll add 60 fps later playtale requiem did the exact same thing so 60 fps is certainly something people want to see and i don't necessarily think nintendo games would struggle with this as long as they're not focusing on all of the you know fancy lighting and higher resolution textures and shadows and things look at look at tears of the kingdom it's a beautiful game if you bump that resolution up just a little bit and gave me 60 fps i would play that thing for hundreds of hours now if the rumors are true i just want to consider in the equation just how incredibly well nintendo first party games sell now an image has been circulating recently and i really think it showcases the point very well i'm gonna make myself really really small here so you can see this massive picture okay this thing was circulating and you can see playstation's highest grossing unit sales is actually impressive okay horizon zero dawn what a risk they took branching out into a new ip sitting at 24 million and then you got god of war and then spider-man okay actually just insane okay but even the number one spot for playstation is less than half of mario kart 8 at 57 million okay the top eight on i'm sorry the top seven on the nintendo switch side are basically at or higher than the number one spot for playstation now mario kart does have an advantage it's an established ip it's been around since sort of the dawn of video games with the super nintendo and it was on probably one of the most popular gaming devices okay the nintendo switch is very very popular but you can see what a new switch with good performance could do to the market that's why i say you know i would love to see a new mario kart look at how popular that ip is mario kart 8 has run its course no pun intended and a new one would be the perfect launch title for a new switch and just like last time you could launch it across both platforms right there is like 130 million nintendo switches in circulation that's a lot of people that could potentially buy mario kart 8 now i know some will push back and say look nintendo doesn't need to focus on graphics and i completely agree with you but performance is not the same as graphics 
and a new Mario Kart and both Zeldas getting a performance bump would be a huge selling point of a portable gaming system. They don't need to focus on graphics. As we've recently discussed, art style is really what I think is going to drive the future of games and making them stand out. So many games are chasing photorealism that they all kind of start blending together. Okay, I think art style is going to be the key if there is a company that just owns their identity and their own art style. It is Nintendo. Performance expectations, I do think, will start to rise, though. You can't just lean on art style. You can't have games releasing in 2024 and beyond and not even maintaining 30 FPS in Tears of the Kingdom if it's raining or you're using some of the abilities. And the Nintendo Switch released seven years ago which was five years after the, Wii, after the Wii U. Now, granted, the Nintendo Wii launched, and 11 years later, we got the Nintendo Switch. But the Switch has proven Nintendo can dominate once again. They've been dominant for a very long time. They just need to catch up slightly on performance, in my estimation. And they'll be in an even stronger position than they already are. All the talk and bluster about where Nintendo needs to put their games or what they need to do, they don't need to do anything other than what they keep doing and that's crushing it with their first party. Which is why I want to end with something, which is, how did Nintendo do in 2023? Now, this is obviously my own personal take, but honestly, Nintendo crushed it in 2023, but the Switch started to show its age, mostly with Tears of the Kingdom. Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Super Mario RPG Remake, those were fantastic. I'm still experiencing those games in bits and pieces when we have time to play them together, but Zelda put cracks in the surface for me. My my palette for games has not changed. I can play a classic platformer like Super Mario Bros. Wonder or nostalgically return to a game like Super Mario RPG, and I can have a really good time. But the minute you step into a game that requires some level of performance, I need that experience to hit 60 fps minimum now this doesn't mean that i agree with those who thought tears of the kingdom was undeserving of praise simply because it wasn't 60 fps i always said well would you criticize horizon forbidden west for being 30 fps on the ps4 well no the game was great and performance being diminished by weaker hardware is not indicative of a game's quality the same is true for tears of the kingdom it's a great game but performance is capped by a device that's pretty weak which is a testament to just how great Tears of the Kingdom is. They got a game of size and scope to run on a device that was actually unimpressive with respect to hardware power when it launched. It really didn't market itself for being very strong because it's portable. It really couldn't. The Switch hooked people with what mattered. Good games. Strong first-party games. Games that are undeniably fun. So I can't deny how great Nintendo was in 2023, but I can say that the Switch 2 is a hinge for me with the future of Nintendo games. Unless there are games like Mario Party, I mean, I can play that, and you don't really have to worry about frames per second in a game like that, but a future where Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are hitting 60 FPS, or even a really good Metroid Prime, or future titles that look and feel like Zelda, or even Mario Kart. If those are hitting 60 FPS, that's a future where Nintendo really balances out for me. And since some developers are already referencing the new Nintendo platform, I think it's basically any day now that we officially hear about it. But that's just what I think about Nintendo in 2024. What do you think? So let me give you my closing thoughts and conclusion on this. Nintendo has always been a brand that I can return to. It just feels like home. Okay, outside of the Coleco or even going to the local arcade with my dad, Nintendo was my first 
real gaming experience. Games that had some feeling of permanence. Coming back to and continuing my journey through the original Legend of Zelda was a world of difference than trying to beat a high score in Pitfall or getting further in River Raid or Frenzy. Nintendo ushered in this idea of a game being somewhere, not just something. It was never about, like, let me just get a little bit further, let me get a little bit higher. You went to a place and kind of lived there and experienced it and and searched it and came back and it was still there for you to continue that journey. The second thing I want to say is, this is why I get really excited about the prospect of a Switch 2. Some of the best Nintendo games are the ones where you travel to big open worlds or universes. From the original Legend of Zelda to Super Mario 64 to, to Mario Galaxy to recently you know, Tears of the Kingdom, my fondest memories or my favorite games are the adventures, the open spaces. I still remember the Nintendo 64 commercial where they timed the line where the guy said, we will take a look around, and Mario sort of jumped off the enemy and spun around. That, that stuck with me because it was something that Nintendo always did so well, which was sort of innovate and push the envelope. For me, it's hard to go on those journey if the game feels like it's stepping back in time instead of forward. That locked at 30 FPS just really does that for me. And my conclusion is this. Not everybody's going to agree with me on this, but 30 FPS has been a deal breaker for a long time. Nintendo has gotten a pass for many people on this for a variety of reasons. One is, well, they're Nintendo, okay? They sort of do whatever they want and they dominate the gaming industry doing it. And the second thing is their games are just too good or too nostalgic to pass up. I was honestly torn putting Tears of the Kingdom down. That's the power of a good Nintendo game. So I'm looking forward to some of the confirmed games coming this year, but the Switch 2 is really where my mind is set. That's what I'm looking for. But those are just my thoughts. Now I want to hear your thoughts. And that's the show open. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope you guys had a great, safe, and fun, happy new year to you. And uh, we're we're two weeks in a row now where you're not going to get a full week of shows because of the holidays, but we are primed and ready for 2024. Do me a favor and smash the like button. Get us our first 100 likes. Go through that daily ritual and jive Turkey Monster jumping back in as a member. We have new things coming for members this year. If you are a gifted member or a standard level member, every single day we're going to give you your debrief in the live show now where we do sort of a members only chat. That'll be at the very, very end of the show. Uh, and then we'll do the premiere but now the video that sort of ends the day that comes after the premiere will be for reforged writers and above so if you are one of the gifted you are going to need to upgrade most of the people paying for their own memberships are actually at a reforged writer anyway uh, i think it's like 70 percent of you that are paying for your own membership you've already opted to do a reforged writer so to those getting gifteds, I hope you enjoy the content. There'll still be a monthly community game night. There will still be those hilly hijinks on Friday nights that you can come to. But like Friday night streams with my wife and the daily end of the day, which is the writer's room, you're going to want to bump up. So go to the members tab and do that. We'll be trying to talk about that periodically to let people know about that change. But you are going to get more. Speaking of more, I'm knocking my own coffee down. Don't forget about the coffee. <laughs> and don't sneeze on it. That's not that's not good for it. So, I'm curious what you guys think about this cuz for me, 
for me, I think there's a lot of signs that this, this Nintendo Switch 2 is coming. We had the original LCD report. Now we got the OLED report. That makes sense to me. You would do two tier levels of the device. You wouldn't want to launch it with an LCD because you'd have people that were like, I'm coming from a Switch OLED. This new one doesn't look as nice. They would feel like they're kind of stepping down. Uh, You also have developers referring to the new Nintendo platform. Mike on the mic with 22 months in a VIP. Happy New Year to you too, Mike. And, and, I think the remakes and the remasters kind of point to a Switch 2. It's like, well, that's a great way to, you know, pad out your launch titles. If we get a Metroid Prime 4 and a new Mario Kart... Well, then you've got all these other titles that you can throw on there as well, right? You do. Oh, and you guys may have noticed, I am wearing some merch. You can go to reforgegaming.net and get yourself some merch. I'll show you guys the zip-up hoodie in a little bit. This actually does have uh, a print on the back. Right up there at the top, it says Reforge Gaming as well. Thank you for jumping back in. My man Joker Quinn with seven months on a VIP says Happy New Year, Lono. And then William Brimer jumps in as a writer. There you go. That's all you've got to do to get into that end of the day segment where we write up and plan up the next day. I need a little bit more time for that. I need a little bit more time for stuff that we're doing and you know, getting to do reviews and play games and giving me a little bit more time in the afternoon. That's going to be so helpful. So thank you to you guys that help out in the Reforge writers. Teachmaster says, good morning, sir. The Switch has been tempting for me for a while, but the Switch 2 with 60 FPS might push me over the edge. Oh yeah, the Lego Spider-Man's in the background. Yeah, my wife and I finished that one last night. My kiddos were helping me out with it. That's one of the things they got me for Christmas. And uh, that was a really, really fun build. It was. I think what we're going to start doing for the Brick Abbey, it's a lot easier for us to build sets like that when I have the table like out in the other room and we just kind of slowly work on it. I think what we'll do then is then bring the table in here and like do reviews and talk about it with my kiddos and kind of show it to you. So the Brick Abbey will start getting content again, but the super long, drawn-out, you know, multi-part builds, it's just really, really tough for me to do. And Joker Quinn with the first gifted member of the year. First gifted member of the year. Han shot first, and so did you. Thank you so much. And somebody ordered some coffee as well. I got three bags of light roast. I'm assuming that's you, Lurker, since you're out here spamming the three yellow bags in chat. Thank you very much for doing that. And it went to Swedish Shinobi. Now, I saw Eugene make a joke during the monologue. Did I misspeak at one point and say 2020? Did I say 2020? Or was he saying, was he making a different joke? 2020 part four or something like that. Um, I hope I didn't say 2020. It's so difficult, like 2020, 2023, 2024. It's like so easy to say the wrong year. Bro, I got uh, my nephew a Halo Warthog car for Christmas. Uh, it goes 10 miles an hour. I feel like I would be, I would break it. <laughs> if I got a remote control car that went 10 miles an hour, that thing would be broken by day two. I would just run it into stuff. You guys have seen me in driving games. Oh my word. Oh, you were making a joke. Okay. You immediately made me paranoid. I was like, oh, I misspeak all the time. Did it, you know, did I just, did I just, uh, you know, screw up my, uh, my opening monologue? I did, uh, you put in your display name. Oh, you did? Okay, hang on. I don't think that that's working. Creature was trying to figure that out and no, I don't have a display name. Okay. Yeah. He's still trying to sort that out. 
Yes, Lono, we know numbers are so hard. They really are. Switch 2 will be the biggest tech release of the year, says JG from Space. They're going to sell out everywhere, and it'll be hard to get one at launch. I can already see it happening. I do think as a content creator in the gaming space, that is... Oh, hang on. I got to add Joker Quinn's uh, number to the goal. That is something that I'm I'm a little worried about. You know, it's it's really, really tough to get those new devices when they drop, especially when it's a Nintendo. Like, Nintendo, the demand for Nintendo stuff is just, is is always, always really, really high. Um, Lono, does Donkey Kong have a shape? I didn't do anything to, to Donkey Kong in the thumbnail. I think that's the back of his, um, I think that's the back of his motorcycle that he's on. I think it's like the seat, maybe. Sorcerer of Havoc with 31 months in a VIP says, Morning Lono Chat, Happy New year there it is lone wolf rocking some of the merch he's got the loney shirt on you love to see it and the zip up dude the zip up looks so so good i love it i love it i do wonder if the print on the back if we should knock out the black but then i don't know what kind of colors they offer if the hoodie only comes in black i think we could maybe consider doing that with the back because all that black ink just feels so unnecessary it's such a it's such a big print um it's such a big print so I'm entrenched in pseudo-scalping buying methods since the sicky, so I'm not worried about getting one myself. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like doing any of that. You know, I, I, I can't stand that, actually. I mean, I, you do what you want to do, but my gosh, I can't, I can't stand the presence of that reality when trying to purchase something now. It's like I remember even McDonald's got really weird with their happy meals because of how people acted with the Pokemon cards. It's just like, even now, because of my daughter's egg allergy, like, we'll get my son a happy meal, and we'll just say, hey, can we get an extra happy meal toy? We'll pay for it, right? They charge you money. And man, some of these McDonald's, dude, they get really weird when you do that, and it's all because of that stupid, that when they did the Pokemon, like, everybody lost their dadgum minds. Even Donkey Kong isn't immune to a Manscaped sponsorship, that's right. Legend says there's warehouses filled with 3DSs. <laughs> if anything, Nintendo is really good at just having just enough consoles for everyone. Oh, is there like, are there rumors or like, you know, a, you know, people claiming that they, what, that they constrain distribution of things like the 3DS to drive up demand? In terms of a game company, Nintendo is probably the best in the business. Sony and Microsoft are more tech companies uh, with gaming as their secondary major market. I don't know if that's true for Sony anymore. I think that's true for Microsoft. I think Microsoft is a is a software company that dabbles in gaming, and now they're set and primed to be one of the bigger contenders in gaming with all their purchases that they've made, all the companies and all the IP that they now own. But I'm pretty sure Sony makes... Didn't we look at this? Don't they make most of their money from gaming? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering the stats on it, but I don't know if that's necessarily true about Sony. If you're willing to stay up really late, a launch date, uh, it's not too bad to snag things. I have no problem staying up late to try to snag something. You know, if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to get a, you know, a, a Nintendo Switch too. You know, I'll, uh, I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can to, to, to get one. But in general, I think that it's always frustrating when you've got these the scalper bots, you know, grabbing them right away, and then like the the, the websites are crashing. And, like, you have one in the cart, and then you can't get past the cart. Yo, a VIP renewal from Victor Mayhem, 32 months. Says, Happy New Year, Lono. Wishing you and the family a great 2024. For me, 
while the ColecoVision and the Atari were my first consoles, the NES really got me into games. Zelda and Dragon Warrior were my favorites. Sony also has music rights. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how Sony's uh, if you know annual revenue breaks down. I, I thought we looked at this and gaming was like huge for them as opposed to the tech, but maybe I've got it backwards. I forget when we were looking at that. That was early in 2023. If we were looking at it for some reason, and I can't remember what the topic was or what we were covering. I was the same way, Victor, because for me, and I talked about this in the show open, I said... Nintendo added this layer of permanence that you didn't really feel in games up to that point. Sven with 30 months and a VIP says, Happy New Year. Thank you so much, Sven. There wasn't permanence to Pitfall or, you know, Pac-Man or I, I played a game called River Raid all the time or Frenzy. There was no permanence. It was try to get as far as you can, try to get a higher score, you know, and this obviously is related to the evolution of the arcade and gaming because that's what you did with pinball, right? Strider Prime with a $10 super chat says, Happy New Year. Glad to see you're doing well. Been a while. Thought I'd pop in for a bit. Good to see you, Strider. Uh, good to see you. Good to have you around, man. Thank you for the $10 super chat tip. Um, Donkey Kong Country was it for Super Nintendo. Again, it, it was... It, w- it was the permanence. It was Zelda was there waiting for you. You didn't just like play Zelda and like, oops, I didn't get very far. It was like, no, Zelda was there. It was a world you were exploring. You were finding new things. You as a character were getting more things to bring back with you. It's not like the second time you played Pitfall, you're like, oh yeah, I now have a whip and a gun. It was like, no, yeah, just try to get as far as you can. And I think that permanence with Nintendo is what changed a lot of us in the way that we played and experienced games. Darth Nihilus with 24 months and a VIP. Dude, welcome back. Nintendo is focused around games. Sony's focused around entertainment and technology. There's a lot of overlap, but Nintendo is still more game focused. Oh, I mean, that I'll agree with. There is one company that is like completely gaming, and that's Nintendo. Now, you keep saying Sony, which I get what you're doing. You're going to the parent company. But PlayStation is, I would say, a pretty successful and only <laughs> gaming company. I know it's a subsidiary. I know it. You know it's owned by Sony. Like, I get what you're saying. Nintendo is, in many respects, like almost like a rare breed. It's like, no, that's just what they do. That's, that's what they, they just do gaming. They don't do anything else. Eugene says, there's a few YouTubers that track retailer stock on launch days. What ends up happening is tons of transactions don't go through, but the stock takes a while to recycle through. These guys are able to track the stock refreshes and are extremely helpful in getting devices on launch. Just, oh. (laughs) Just keep this private. Don't tell anyone. It's a secret. (laughs) Well, I, I I read that part at the end. Um. I love Zelda 2, but you were talking about the Donkey Kong game, and that one came to mind. That was awesome. Well, I remember the, uh, the when the trailer hit for Mario vs. Donkey Kong, I remember thinking like, oh wow, that really harkens back to, you know, to a classic time with games. It immediately made me, it evoked all of the memories of Donkey Kong. Actually, it evoked more memories of Donkey Kong Jr. for me. Donkey Kong Jr. was basically the same premise 
of Donkey Kong, like you're you're at the bottom and you're trying to get to the top. But now you're 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 the kid Donkey Kong and you're trying to get your dad free out of the cage. And the levels were really, really fun and really, really creative. There's the one where you have to like climb the chains and get to the locks. And there's these like gator guys going up and down the chains. And so you have to like go back and forth and you're like dit doot doot and you like grab the chains to go back and forth between them. And when I saw, you know, Mario versus Donkey Kong, I thought, oh, that kind of harkens back to that era of you're down here, it's up there, navigate through the maze, puzzle, obstacles, enemies, etc. I actually didn't realize that it was a remake. It's a it's 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 a 20 year old game at this point. Same with Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. Now, I knew Paper Mario at the time. I was like, I remember when it came out. I just wasn't into it. Back back at that time, I had moved kind of away from gaming on a console. I was more into PC because we had the GameCube and I liked Mario Kart Double Dash. And outside of that and Time Splitters, I spent most of my time with... uh, I spent most of my time with the PC and with, you know, the shooters and Quake and stuff. From what I've heard on Fun Fact section on a radio show, Sony makes most of its money from insurance sales in Japan. Really? I've never heard that before. Demetrius says, I get the feeling Nintendo is going to push Donkey Kong for 2024 in some way. He's already getting a section of the Super Nintendo World theme park. Well, I'm assuming that the Super Mario Brothers movie is going to lead to a bunch of other movies, Donkey Kong being one of them. I it just makes sense, right? It's like he was he was a pretty pivotal part of the movie. He's iconic. He's been around for a really long time. I love the classic Donkey Kong font. It's I it just makes sense that that you would you would see him get get a little bit more prominence. Can you imagine like a Donkey Kong game? I don't think I don't think they could get a Donkey Kong Country. I wonder who has the rights to Donkey Kong Country as a game, right? I'm assuming Zelda, I'm, I'm assuming Nintendo has retained the rights to Donkey Kong as a character, but I wonder if the name Donkey Kong Country, I wonder if that's wrapped up with Rare in some weird way. Um, you, we, we obviously probably wouldn't see Rare make that because they're owned by Microsoft. Unless Microsoft is like, no, yeah, go ahead because we want to make a ton of money and <laughs> we own you. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see. I, that'd, be, that'd be interesting to see how that particular IP is currently held. Or could Nintendo just say, no, it's ours. It's Donkey Kong. We can make another Donkey Kong Country if we want. A Donkey Kong Country remake would be really, really cool. Like, what they could do with the graphics. I mean, it, that game was so ahead of its time. I remember watching a video. It was, I think it was a VHS tape. And they were showing, I think it was in the second game, how they had given him, like, actual fur instead of just, like, a casing that looked like fur. Yo, good morning, Feed. Good to see you in the chat. It's Donkey Kong, Metroid, and Zelda. Are they getting uh, movies first? Yeah, I know there I know there were talks about a Zelda movie. I remember that I remember there's been talks about that and I you know I just assumed I don't like I don't follow Nintendo rumor mill like anything but I remember being like oh there is a hundred percent going to be a Donkey Kong a, a, a Donkey Kong movie like after after we we saw the Super Mario Brothers movie Zelda with no dialogue <laughs> yeah the link's not allowed to talk even even in the movie he's not allowed to talk 
I believe Nintendo owns most of the rights of Donkey Kong, including Country. I can't remember, but in the 2010s, they did buy all the rights back. Who who made the most recent Donkey Kong Country game? There was the one that was like a winter theme, wasn't it? Um, Donkey Kong Country. It was for the Wii, wasn't it? Um, Donkey Kong Country Returns. Okay. That was developed by Retro Studios. So it seems that they can do Donkey Kong Country if they want. Donkey Kong Country Returns is in 2010. It was developed by Retro Studios and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo Wii console. Now, Retro Studios is a video game developer and a subsidiary of Nintendo, and they're based in Austin. They're best known for their work on Metroid Prime and the Donkey Kong Country series. So it seems that, yep, Nintendo totally has the rights, and that would make for another just a really really strong launch title you know what i mean wasn't it retro yeah 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 tropical freeze i remember playing that with my wife and the thing about games like that they're actually easier single player it's actually harder with two people because if one person dies like the screen freezes you know and like there's a there's a there's a breath of like oh wait all my timing's off there were numerous times i remember playing that with her and it was just easier it was like we'll just hop on my back and i'll do this really challenging section and then we'll go on it's not like a truly co-op game like i feel like some games like guacamelee are, are fun co-op because there's just two of you on the screen and you can do all the fighting but then you get into the platforming and whew sorry I'm trying not to sneeze yo Hilly with a VIP renewal 35 months says still walking in the light here's to a great 2024 my man appreciate you Hilly appreciate that dude we need a new perfect dark well the perfect dark from Xbox I don't think we're going to hear anything for quite a while. I believe they went through some 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 rough patches where they lost a creative director and a director. When one of those left, when it was either the creative director or the director, half the staff also left. They had to like tap Crystal Dynamics to come help. I believe at some point during all of that, there's also rumors the entire project got rebooted, which makes sense if you're losing leadership and bringing another company. So, I, we're probably not going to hear anything about Perfect Dark for quite a while. I think I included that in my my Xbox show. I tried to say, listen, I <laughs> I want to hear about it, but, you know, the sad reality is probably not. Like, some of the lists I'm seeing for this year, you know, for Xbox, people are people are really hoping uh, that, that some crazy stuff happens. You know, with respect to Nintendo, we kind of already know what they've got, but we don't know anything beyond that you know mario versus donkey kong you know princess peach's showtime and paper mario the thousand year door i think that's a really strong offering i think that's good for nintendo now obviously yes two of those are remakes but i think after 20 years i don't think anybody's going to take a huge issue with that like i i can't believe they're remaking this 20 year old you know game Crystal Dynamics had layoffs in September as well, for sure. Yeah, like, last year was pretty rough in that respect. We don't know what that did to projects across the board, you know? All those games that are nose down and in development right now, you know? 
Good morning and happy new year. Uh, is there any actual news on the Switch 2 or can I finally buy a Switch? If I were you, this is probably the worst year to buy a regular Nintendo Switch. Everything I'm seeing, everything I'm hearing, I would not buy a regular Nintendo Switch right now. I wouldn't buy an OLED or a... I mean, if you really, really just have to have one right now, maybe the light, like the cheapest one you can get. Happy New Year's, folks. Hope you had a good Christmas. Um, and New Year's is work and lurk. It's back to the grind for another 357 days. Math doesn't check out, but okay. Oh, are those the working days of the year? Wait, that doesn't add up either. Well, I'm not sure what that number means. Tropical Freeze is the most recent. Okay, who made that one? Was that Retro as well? Were they the ones that made that one? That was the one my wife and I played. Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze. And it was so fun. And then I think we got like halfway through the game and I was like, this is so freaking hard. It'd be easier to play by myself. Like it would just it would just be easier. Super Mario Brothers Wonder is kind of getting into a similar camp. It's like really, really fun co-op, but would actually, I think, at times be easier if it was just me. Because you just get into certain sections and it's like if someone falls or if someone misses a jump, then they fall out of the frame and it's like, oh, you know, I, I, a split screen would have been nice. Like a dynamic split screen. You ever played that where like you get far enough away and then the screen splits? I think that would have made a huge difference in Super Mario Brothers Wonder, specifically in the areas where like you're trying to go vertical. It can just be like really, really frustrating because little missed jumps are natural and not a problem. You miss a jump, you fall, you land, and you go to do it again. Well, when that happens, when there's two people playing, it just leads to a lot of flat tires. You know, it's like they throw they they add co-op and it's chaotic and it's funny. But, you know, you're playing with somebody that's not as good. Like, my wife hates games where you have to jump. <laughs> she hates it. But she thinks Mario and the world of Mario is, like, cute. She's, like, willing to play it. But then, you know, a couple bad jumps. And and we're uh, <laughs> we're not getting very far. You know, we're, we're getting stuck. The final challenge course is near impossible, even on single player. Yeah, I'm not even talking about the challenge courses. I just assumed... I usually assume in a game like that that the further we get, the less of those I'm going to do, right? It's like, yeah, that's fine. Because I just get to the point where I'm like, I just want to go to the next level. I play it for the fun of it. I don't play it for, like, the the brutal, tough challenges. Like, if you, I, I watch those people play those Mario Maker levels, and I'm like, bro, I would never have the patience to do that. I'd hit my head twice on some saw blade and be like, I'm out! <laughs> She hates jumping. Maybe she'd like God of War. <laughs> she actually would probably... She actually would probably like that game. Yeah. She actually probably would. <laughs> uh, Boy's Big Adventure is the best co-op implementation. Yes, we played through the entire game of Boy's Big Adventure. My wife and I did. And I remember thinking it was a really, really fun co-op platformer it felt built for more than just one person and i feel like sometimes the natural progression of platformers is that they're just going to deal in certain challenges and certain timing and certain stresses to put on the player that just plays better when you're by yourself i feel like that happened with tropical freeze I feel like that happened with... Uh, we really liked Rayman Legends. I think 
I forget how much we played that. I have to pull that up on my Xbox and see. We played Rayman Legends a lot, and we really liked it. And I think one of the reasons Rayman Legends was so good is they'd have, like, these really, really intense spots, and it'd be crazy. And if you fell or whatever, you failed, it would put it would kind of put you, like, right back where you were. And I think that's key in a game like that. Like, if you're going to draw up the intensity you want to put the player sort of like right smack dab where they were. We were playing uh, Yoshi's Crafted World and I think one of the things that frustrated us with that game is, and this was self-imposed, we started being kind of completionist and we were like looking for all the little items and you'd get all the little items and you'd clear the level and then you'd get a couple of spaces away from it and this guy would be like can you go find all my dogs in that level? And so we tried that a couple of times and I was like, I don't like this. Like, we weren't getting anywhere. <laughs> I And that was self-imposed. We could have been like, no, we don't want to find all the little dogs or the trinkets or the whatever. We could have just advanced. But once you do that a couple of times, right, you get, you know, five to ten levels under your belt where every box is checked. You suddenly feel like, oh, I want to do that for all the levels. But it's designed in a way where you have to, like, start the level over again. Yeah, I just, I don't do that. I, I struggle with that. Played co-op Mario Wonder with the fam during the holidays. Uh, keeping everyone on the screen was frustrating. Right, like you're not getting frustrated with the with the game itself. You're getting frustrated with the fact that there's a bunch of you on the screen and somebody keeps falling or somebody keeps falling behind. And I again, I feel like it's built for one person. They throw the co-op in because they know people are going to love it. But you do get to a point where you're like, yeah, the fun factor is kind of wearing off here. We, we we should all play this one separately. You know, <laughs> I'll take the game on a Monday and you take the game on a Tuesday. You know, it starts to feel that way. Played co-op Mario Wonder with the fam. Oh, I already read that. How far away from the holidays do I need to get before I stop giving the kids uh, jelly babies for breakfast? This isn't a formal request for legal advice. Yeah, I think it's time. Eugene says, I want to switch to just for the couch co-op. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good couch co-op games. You know, I do think, though, that for me, the first thing I would do if a Nintendo Switch 2 was to release and feature performance bumps and backwards compatibility, the first thing I would do is boot up Tears of the Kingdom and do a full playthrough of that. Because I would, I was just really, really enjoying that game. I really was. Now, I've already played through Breath of the Wild. I, I've beat the whole thing. I remember I tried to do a second playthrough back when I was on Purple, like, just for the fun of it. And the adaptive difficulty that I was unaware of really ramped up. And I was like, man. I remember saying, I was like, I don't remember this game being this hard. I remember the early game of Breath of the Wild just being phenomenal. Just this charming amazing experience and I remember playing and I got to an area and I was just getting the snot kicked out of me by the enemies they were all seemingly harder you know when they're like different the different colors or whatever they were like harder or whatever and I was like I don't remember this you know being this hard or whatever and it was months later that we read and art no not months it was years later where I was researching the the AI and gaming video about difficulty and I was researching AI 
difficulty adaptive systems basically where the game would sense how good you are and sort of incrementally increase difficulty so that it always feels like you're being appropriately challenged so like if the game senses that you're just a literal potato like you hand the controller to like a four or a five year old you know the game would dumb it down as much as it it can but then if you took the controller and you started playing you started whooping everything you know, eventually it would kind of it would kind of crank back up and swing in the other direction. Well, when I was researching this, the you know adaptive difficulty systems that that some games have tried to implement, like some games will make drops, scares enemies stronger, you weaker. It'll do these things as you're playing to you know to increase difficulty. Um, and I remember reading that in Tears of the Kingdom it has adaptive difficulty in the game and i didn't know that and if you have never played that game you probably wouldn't experience it right at the beginning because you are just sort of learning the world and learning the environments but if you play the opening of tears of the kingdom and you make it very clear that you know what you're doing that you know you you know you you know how to handle yourself well that game that game's going to that game's going to be a rough time for you right it's going to be a rough time and i think that that was something i wasn't you know prepared for <laughs> so it made it it almost felt like new game plus it was like well i'm playing through it again and you know this is this is pretty this is pretty hard you know I'm I'm getting I'm getting my face rocked here, and uh, so I, that was funny that they didn't tell anybody that you know Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are hard as heck, uh, going through Ganon's domain in both games. My I'm telling you my first playthrough, I I just don't ever remember it being that difficult. I don't remember it ever being that hard. Now I do think it's one of those games where you get to a point where you're so kitted. You're so geared up that it just isn't that difficult. Like the difficulty sort of subsides because you're just like, dude, I got everything I could possibly need. I got to the end of, I rolled credits yesterday. I just kind of took the day to finish this game because I wanted to have it out of the way before the remaster comes. I played uh, Last of Us Part 1 Remake. I finished it. And early in the game, I was like, dude, where is the binding? Where is the binding? It sort of leveled out near the end. Binding was still uh, the, the, the the least, the lowest thing I could find. And uh, I, it, near the end, I had so much, like nothing, nobody could stand a chance against me. Like I was in force, I was forcing myself to play stealthy, but if I got discovered, it was just like, boom, boom, boom. I could just take everybody out because I had so much stuff. Yo, PWH Town says, he says, let's get the member train going. And he puts his money where his mouth is. And he drops five members on the community of Five Bomb. Thank you so much, PWH Town. If you guys are just tuning in, we're talking about a Nintendo Switch 2 in 2024 and the other things that I really, really want to see from Nintendo in 2024. If you spend your time exploring, uh, it'll be a lot easier than someone who didn't. I just, it, it was something to do with, I, I'd have to go back and research it again. The way that Breath of the Wild adapts the difficulty is, is that if you show a, a, a prowess for the combat 
and you're sort of dispatching enemies fairly quickly, you will encounter enemies that are then stronger and better, and they'll be you know more aggressive and stuff. And so your first time through, you're you're doing what the average new player is doing. You're feeling things out, you know. Your second time through, I'm perfect dodging on everybody. Well, the game detects that, and it's like, oh, <laughs> you know what you're doing. So here's some here's some increased difficulty for you. Can't wait until you have a dodge, and you can really stand your ground. What do you mean? Oh, 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 you're talking about The Last of Us. I thought you were talking about, um, I thought you were talking about Zelda. Yeah, 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 yeah. There were a couple of times I tried to dodge, and I was like, oh, wait, you can't do that in this game. <laughs> there were a couple of times I got overwhelmed, you know, when you're play- when you're playing as, um, Ellie in that, in that barn with that guy, and I was just, like, running in circles, reloading. <laughs> it's like, well, it's working, because you can't, you can't dodge. Guardian weapons can one-shot kill you, but if you have a lot of hearts, they can uh, kill you in two hits. The only game to make me cry and will stay in my top five because of it. What game is... Oh, 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 you're talking about that game. I didn't I didn't bring that up to talk about it, guys. We got we got to stay on Nintendo. We got to stay on Nintendo. The Deke says, thanks for the membership. Yo, P-Dub H-Town, thanks for taking care of those folks there. P-Dub's asking for a member train, guys. He put five up on the board. You can see it at the top of the chat. If you want to receive a member, click on that box up at the top of the chat and then click to receive members. We're about an hour into the broadcast. Make sure you're smashing the like button. Get us to 200 likes on this video. And uh, we also have a video coming today about the conspiracy against Starfield. I reacted to a really, really funny article. You're going to want to watch that video. It's 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 good. It's good conversation starter. Uh, Nintendo is the company. Tilu one, sorry, no tears, tear, not for Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, that would have been really weird for somebody to be like, yeah, dude, one of the first games ever to make me cry was Tears of the Kingdom, bro. <laughs> I was like, what? When? You know? Hey, a gifted member from Patrick Q coming in, taking us to seven. Recap. Well, I walked through the five games that I'm looking forward to for. Nintendo in 2024. Sneaky Wolf jumps on the member train and he drops a five bomb and takes us to 12. The halfway mark already. Every 25 members, I give five back to the community. If you are one of the lucky people who have a gifted membership on this channel, okay, most of the people who have a membership on this channel are gifted. You get to enjoy a new segment at the end of today's stream, but if you want to come to the extra content, you are going to need to upgrade to a Reforge Writer. Most of the people, like 75% of the people paying for their own memberships have already opted up to a Reforged Writer. So, Gifted, it's mainly mainly for you. An opportunity to jump up, grab your own membership, and come to more content. I cry when any game has weapon durability. (laughs) Right. So anyways, hang on, let me get a drink of coffee before I do my little recap for you here. I typically try to do a recap about an hour in. So discussing, you know, what I want to see from Nintendo in 2024, I outlined five games that I would like to uh, to play. And I started with three games that are confirmed. Lancelot, thanks for jumping back in as a Reforge writer. 
I uh, I started with three games that we know are coming. They are, in fact, releasing. Okay? And the first one is Mario vs. Donkey Kong. And the second one was Princess Peach's Showtime. That's more for my daughter, but I'm really excited for her to play it. It actually looks like it's probably going to be pretty fun, even though... Maybe I'm being stupid about that. That that game might actually be awesome. Like, who cares if it's Princess Peach, right? Maybe I'm just showing my Mario bias. Like, I'd rather play as Mario, but like, maybe that game is just going to be awesome in general. But I'm I'm I was more excited for that for my daughter. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to love this. Okay. The third game is Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. Now, both Mario vs. Donkey Kong and Paper Mario are remakes. It's been 20 years since the games first came out, so I don't think anybody's going to care. I don't even think a lot of people are going to know their remakes. I didn't. I was like, oh, those games look fantastic. Now, I, I th- those are the first three games. Now, I listed five games because two of the games are not confirmed. Well, one we know is confirmed being made, but the other, I'm just speculating that they would do this. Metroid Prime 4, we know they're making it. I think it would make a fantastic launch title for the Nintendo Switch 2. And if you give me 60 FPS and pretty good looking graphics, well, then I would I would I would jump in. I'm not a big Metroid Prime guy, but that would that would win me over. Okay? Now the other game I said that I would love to play in 2024, I guess we could call it Mario Kart 9. Basically a new Mario Kart, okay? A new Mario Kart. And the reason I say that is it's been 10 years since Mario Kart 8 came out. I believe they've done virtually everything you could possibly do with the Mario Kart. With the online, you know, you play against other people. They added all the DLC tracks. So, I've not even gotten to experience all the DLC tracks. It's, I've just been too busy. Like, my kiddos, I think, downloaded some of them and were playing them, but I haven't had a chance. I just think it's time for a new Mario Kart, which would also then be a fantastic launch title for a Nintendo Switch 2. I think that'd be a really, really good launch title because Mario Kart is one of their highest grossing games, right? Yo, it's good, Diaz. Hoping I trade my old Switch to help with the cost of the new one, says David. I want Metroid Dread 2 or really just the team to make another Metroid. Dread is the top two Metroids of all time. Because Metroid Dread was a continuation of, like, the Metroid Fusion-style game, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I wanted a Metroidvania. I wanted a Super Metroid continuation. So Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion are, you know, it's, it's very different in its execution. And I believe the producer or the director of Dread even said they kind of envisioned Metroid Dread being a sequel to Fusion. So for fans of Metroid Fusion or people that just love Metroid no matter what, it was Metroid Dread was a great game, award-winning game. You know, everybody seemed to like it. It just wasn't what I was hoping for, you know. It's like when you find a really great platformer and, you know, let's say you're coming off the heels of Ori and the Will of the Wisps or, you know, Hollow Knight, and you're like, "Yes, this platformer, I can't wait." And you think it's going to be a Metroidvania and it ends up being like a Souls-like, roguelike, something different. I just think that can be a bit of a uh, of a of a kick in the in the keister. You're like, I don't really want to play this. That's not what I was looking for. Lancelot gifts a member and takes us to 13, keeping the member train alive. Thank you so much, Lancelot. Starting off 2024 right. You guys being so so generous. Thank you very much. I hope there's another Pokemon Legends game. I would put Dread right there with Super. Oh, I know people loved it. Right. I know people loved Metroid Dread, but it wasn't what I was looking for. 
I just, I struggle with that. Like, if you approach a game and you're like, this is really, really what I want, and I played it, and I and I got about, I don't know, like an hour or two in, and people were telling me, they're like, yeah, what you're experiencing is, this is more of a, of a Metroid Fusion style game. And I was like, oh, well, my favorite Metroid game was Super Metroid. And it's one of the reasons why I absolutely love Metroidvanias today. Some of my favorite games are Ori in the Blind Forest, Will the Wisps, Hollow Knight, Sundered. Like, I just, I love a good Metroidvania. I loved, even though it's not a platformer, I love the Metroidvania aspects of the video game uh, control. And so, for me, Dread just fell into a category that I just was, yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking for this right now. I didn't like the sneaking and the hiding, um, you know. It just, it wasn't, it was not something that I was, uh, I was enjoying. And I did get further... And I did feel the draw to go back. I remembered I remembered the second time I played it being like, okay, it's starting to click. I get this now. Like, I get it. But then the problem was I spent like a month or two away from the game. And then I came back to it and I had no idea what in the heck I was doing. I was like, I, I'm probably going to have to start over. Like, it's one of those games where if you put it down... I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. Have you ever put down a game and then you come back and you're like, yeah, I want to finish that game. And you move around for about five minutes and you're like, I feel like I'm drunk. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I can't. I struggle with that. So I remember I did that with Assassin's Creed Origins. It took me like an hour to kind of like get my footing back. It's like, oh, okay. This is how you do that. And this is how you do that. You know, how do I get my bow out or call my horse? Like it feels like every game you know, is a little different with some of those things, but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember thinking, I want to go back to Dread. I want to give Dread another shot. You know, I want to, I want to give, I want to give Dread its fair shake. Wish you would give Blasphemous another go. It's also on the Switch. Well, Blasphemous is everywhere. I would probably, isn't it everywhere? It's on, I know it's on Steam. I remember I went through a spurt there where, I played Salt and Sanctuary, and I loved the first boss fight. I loved the art style. And then I remember after the first boss fight, I couldn't figure out where to go. And I was like, yo, miss me with this. Just tell me where to go. (laughs) Because they're trying to do the sort of discovery element that Souls games are known for, which is... They won't tell you where to go. You just kind of have to figure it out. And, you know, I, I get I get that. I get why they, they, they do that sort of thing. But I was like, bro, can you just tell me where to go? <laughs> can, can you just tell me where I'm supposed to go, please? So that I can just, you know, go to the next area. Because I like that in a game like that, where, like, once you know where you're supposed to go, you know, I'll beat my head against the wall. Dude, I will beat my head against the wall. I'll fight and I'll fight and I'll fight against, you know, an enemy like that. I will. And I think that those games, the reason I get so frustrated is because, like, okay... I let me try and go down here and then I get killed and I'm like okay maybe I'm not strong enough for that area yet let me go over here and then I get killed like okay maybe I'm not supposed to go that way because you know you're supposed to learn from failure I think that I think the more difficult thing for me to do is is to deduce 
am I supposed to continue trying this and eventually get past it? Or is the game telling me you're not, you come back later? Does that make sense? I can't figure out what the game's trying to tell me. So then I just feel like, okay, I don't know which way to go. And then I feel kind of stuck and I kind of stall out. Because I think one of the reasons my first playthroughs of like Dark Souls 3 and even Sekiro went so well is people would be like, yeah, 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 don't do that. Or no, 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 go over there. So people were sort of handing, you know, handing me clues and breadcrumbs so that I could just sort of focus on, okay, got a new boss to fight or got a new area to get through. And I didn't go through that feeling of lostness that to me isn't appealing i like really challenging combat i don't like feeling lost i'm like i okay i don't i don't know what you want me to do and especially especially when you have limited game time there was a time where i'd spend you know an hour or two in the afternoon streaming on on purple and i would like just be playing a game and if i if i took that 2 hour window and i spent 45 minutes making no progress well, I would just be so irritated. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do this. That's not that's not a that's not a good use of my time. Um, so I am a little bit more casual in that regard. It's like, yeah, just tell me where to go. I don't need UI overload. I don't need everything on my screen. You know, I don't need like a blinking arrow. Just something. Early on, the Emmys the Emmys feel like they're overwhelming, but it becomes a full fledged Metroidvania. I struggled debating for like weeks whether I was just holding super over it purely for nostalgia games that have combat systems that build upon themselves are the worst for that you lose all that early game practice and thus it makes it difficult to do the advanced stuff the game expects you to do right you're like wait a minute you're like what you know i've got you know (laughs) i got mouse traps and i got pop cans and i got a gun I don't know, what am I supposed to do with all this? Like you're like you just you just have an inventory of junk. You're like I don't remember. Sometimes it is just better to start over. What game am I thinking of? Is this Days Gone? I was playing through the Last of Us remake and I had a memory, like a Mandela effect memory. I was like I thought you could get pop cans in this game to silence your weapon. Is that Days Gone that lets you do that? I swear that's days gone because I was like, I was like playing through it and I was like, I got near the end and I was like, I haven't done that pop can thing. I swore that was this game. I swore that was this game. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm just not finding them. <laughs> but I was like, I go through every room. Like I ended with, you know, level five tool set. You know, I was like, I, I, I'm pretty exhaustive, dude. I'm searching every nook and cranny. I, was like, I ain't finding these pop cans. I was like, Maybe they don't exist. <laughs> I'm replaying Tsushima, and I love the wind-based waypoint system. Oh, I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Days Gone. It's the oil filter uh, suppressors. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you find those, and you put it on the, ga- the gun, and you can use it, like, once, I think. Maybe. I don't know. It wears out or something. Yeah, well, Tilu, you throw bottles to get atten- to, like to like get the clickers and the the zombies to run away and stuff. <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm gonna go to the internet. And it's gonna be like a Mandela effect, and people are gonna be like, "Where are the pop cans in The Last of Us?" I know I did this. No, completely different game, idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, the bottles you just throw, though. I was remembering. I would have put money on the table because I hadn't played the game since, what, 2017. I hadn't played the game in seven years. I would have swore up and down. Oh, no, yeah, you find pop cans and you put them on the end of the gun and you get to shoot one silence round, you know. That way you don't that way you don't draw attention. I oughta swore, dude. I oughta swore up and down that was a mechanic in Tilu. Oh man. For my first order of business though, with the Nintendo Switch 2 would be would be Tears of the Kingdom. It would. It would. Because I beat Breath of the Wild. I don't I I don't necessarily need to replay that. But Tear, Tears of the Kingdom, that'd be the first I wouldn't even hesitate. Or if they gave Mario Kart 60 FPS, because I'm pretty sure Mario Kart 8 does not run at 60. Does it run 60 FPS for single player? I wonder. Because full screen Mario Kart is a real treat on a, on a nice big television. Um, but I don't think Mario Kart 8 uh, is it 60 FPS. I don't think it is. Oh no, it says when docked, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe will run at 60 FPS 1080. It will hold that resolution when docked no matter what. Okay, okay. I thought I remember docking it once and playing Mario Kart on my big screen and being like, good golly, this game is gorgeous. You know what I'm saying? Like, art style really, really helps, I think. Like, I think I need to do that. I think I need to go through and play those DLC tracks and try to get uh, try to get all of the the highest level trophies on them. I would do both Zeldas and catch up with the Mario games. I I wanted I wanted to go back to Mario Odyssey because my wife and I absolutely loved Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. We played both games beginning to end. I wish we could do it again, right? I, I wish we could like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind like not remember them and play them afresh. Because I remember Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, we played it on the Nintendo Wii, and we just loved our time with both of those. And I forget what it was about Odyssey. We got, I think we were in like, we got to like a city, and I just didn't like it. I didn't like the game. I didn't feel... It did, just something about it was different. We were in like this desert area for a while, and then we were trying to do like everything and maybe that's part of the problem we did the same thing with Yoshi's Crafted World we get stuck on this like we've got to get that last thing over there and we'll spend an entire play session trying to figure it out and then when you end the play session and you don't figure it out it's a it's frustrating you're you know you're kind of irritated you're like what the heck's going on we just wasted our entire evening we didn't do any you know we didn't do anything so I think maybe that was the problem with Odyssey is they tried they tried all of these things with sort of there were completion elements to the levels and we would try to do all of them and then when we would kind of flat tire on one thing or one level it would just be really hard the next night to want to boot it up. It's like we either leave this behind and don't do it which which is frustrating or we just commits to trying to figure it out and so the satisfaction level just starts to go down because the time between you solving the thing and discovering the thing that time gets longer and longer and longer and so you're not getting those those bumps those dopamine hits in your brain you're like 
we're just running in circles here. Bum me out a bit because I know your schedule is tough, but I feel like I can guarantee you'd put that as a top tier Metroidvania once you get past the early curve. Looks out the window. Yeah, I need something that I can beat in the next two weeks. I need something I can beat in the next two weeks because of uh, um, the remasters coming out, and I'm going to dive into that. I'm going to dive into Tilu too. Uh, and then there's Prince of Persia. We may be able to get our hands on that one early to do a review, I'm hoping. It felt like you were being punished either way. Wh- which what, what experience are you talking about? Yo, what's good, Liquid Smoke? How are you? I always save completionist stuff for after I beat a Mario game. Yeah, and I think that's just part of the problem is maybe that's on us. Like, this, just we should play the game differently because I know that really hurt our experience in Yoshi's Crafted World and we just stopped playing it. We just stopped because it just felt like we weren't making any progress. Um, and then there was also the element of um, yo, Joe... Uh, Joe Pesci Batman jumps back in as a Reforged member. Guys, if you're paying for your own membership, there's about 200 of you that are paying for your own membership that you need to bump up to a Reforged writer if you want to continue to come to the afternoon segments and the Madam streams. We are making a change in the new year. Uh, 75% of the people that are paying for their own membership are already at a Reforged writer, so the vast majority are. But those of you who are still paying for your own membership and haven't bumped up, try to do that soon or you're going to be wondering, like, where is all that extra content? Gifted members make up a pretty pretty significant majority of our membership here, and we're going to still provide content for gifted members, but we are going to make that change in, uh, in 2024. So make sure and uh, get, your, get your membership where you want it so you don't miss out. In Odyssey, I found that you can't get everything until you beat the game. So that's something that I've always thought about. How do you tell the player no, not yet, without completely, you know, I felt like they did a good job of this in like God of War 2018. You'd go up to something and they'd be like, I, you can't open that. Oh yeah, you can't open that yet. It's like crystal, crystal clear. But the difficulty is in a game like that, yo, SSJ Gohan with the member VIP, 19 months, welcome back. I think the difficulty in a game like Mario Odyssey is you just see something out there twinkling in the distance and you're like, are we supposed to platform over to it? Are we supposed to ride a bullet bill? Are we? What are we supposed to do here, right? So you don't know if they're dangling it in a way for you to say, oh, we can go do that right now, or are they dangling it to say, no, yeah, you can't do this right now, you gotta come back. Do you get what I'm saying? Are red badges over gold badges? Yeah, red badges longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, if you go to the main, if you go to the main channel and you click join, it'll show you um, red badge is 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 for two, I believe for two years. A gold is for one year, and a red badge is for for two. <clears throat> Where do we upgrade to go to the writers' room? There is an upgrade command that you guys can use, or you can just go to the members tab, and it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. If you are on an Apple device, you cannot do it in the Apple app. 
You have to like go to a browser and request the desktop site and log in and do it there. You might even have to delete the app from your phone because when you do that, sometimes it's going to constantly try and open up the app. Back to work after 10 plus days off isn't any fun. Everyone, this guy in the house, Happy New Year. Yo, what's good, Simon? Yeah, blue is for three years, which means we're probably going to have to change one of the tier levels because I think you you look... Yeah, blue is for like a month. Gray is for... Like white is for like the first... The first the very first membership. And then as soon as it hit second month, it's it's blue. We should probably just make that second month like... I don't know. Maybe pink or something. I don't. It's, you're not. You're not that color for very long. Butter says, "Don't use Chrome. Use Safari." There you go. My badge is a lie. I was a member when Lono floated around. <clears throat> there it is, Joe Pes- Joe Pesci Batman. He figured out how to do it. Thank you so much, Joe Pesci Batman. That's an amazing name. Make sure you guys are smashing the like button as well. New Year. Things tend to slow down a little bit, right? We're kind of we're kind of waiting for some gaming news. Things will start to heat up, but right now, with with a lighter turnout, make sure you guys are smashing that like button. It does help out the video. Let's set our sights on 200 likes. The last couple of years, January has really heated up because everybody's gearing up to market their games. Because as soon as we get to like the back half of January, man, games are starting to come out. You know, games are starting to launch. From you know Tlu remaster to Prince of Persia, and then February, it just it just goes from there. So should be a really really exciting month for gaming news. But like right now, the second day of the year, everyone's everyone's pretty quiet. <laughs> Do you think Nintendo will experiment with VR or at least updated controllers? That's a really good question. I I think the dilemma right now for VR is everybody's taking a stab at it which is encouraging but when everybody takes a stab at it what you end up with is really good games locked to one platform you have call the mountain which is probably the best looking vr game you can play probably the best looking but then you have asgard's wrath 2 which is really fun and has probably the best melee combat i've experienced in a vr environment that's a Meta Quest 3 exclusive. You have a recognizable brand in Assassin's Creed Nexus, also a Meta Quest 3. So the dilemma there is you've got companies doing what makes sense. They're trying to leverage exclusives to push their hardware and to get adoption. But what ends up happening then is even some of the more popular titles or more big name titles, they're probably not generating all that much revenue. And that can be a large disincentivization for publishers and developers to throw their their weight behind a new a new VR game. They're gonna be like, look, man, even that big recognizable title, it just didn't generate a lot of money. It didn't generate a lot of sales. So that's the dilemma we're facing right now. There's also the dilemma of the gold rush. Everybody's trying to get a VR game out really quickly. And the problem with that is you end up with games that are bad. They're just not good. Like they're trying to get the game to market really, really quickly. And then you end up or or, or 
the PSVR 2 had a stronger start than the VR 1. So you had all these companies say, oh, let's port our games to the VR 2. And the PSVR 2 had a bunch of crappy ports this year. So, to answer your question, what's Nintendo think about all of that? Like, what's Nintendo going to do? Is Nintendo going to take a stab? If there was a company that could do VR and lean heavily on their own IP and probably sell a stupid amount of VR, it would be Nintendo. Again, I think the difficulty is they have spent the last seven years making a huge, huge foothold in the market for themselves with a portable gaming on the go device that's very affordable. And a VR means you got to be at home. You got to have something strapped to your face. Uh, and it generally is going to drive price up. You're going to pay more money for that. You got to buy the equipment. And then, then Nintendo's got to invest in games that they know will sell to a smaller audience. I think there's a lot of barriers there that would keep Nintendo from venturing. If there's a company that could crush it, it's Nintendo. Because... I'm be real with y'all. Gran Turismo 7 is pretty cool in VR. Mario Kart VR? I think that's a killer app. That would convince people that this can be fun. Being able to look at people as you pass them on the course. Being able to like raise your, your, your hand and throw a shell or something like at somebody. That could be the killer app that convinces people that like, yo, VR is kind of kind of hot. I, I kind of have to play this, especially if you had them in stores for people to try. But again, I think there's a lot of financial disincentivization for companies to throw their weight behind it just yet. It's in its early stages. The early adoption stages are always, you know, rough They're going through the birth pangs right now. Yo, ADJC with 28 months in a VIP. Look at this, a new year of excellent content and potentially new games. Hadn't been a Nintendo guy in a long time since the GameCube. Hope it turns out well. Hopefully it's not too overpriced. Yeah, the Nintendo Switch 2, I think would bring back a lot of people to Nintendo. That's something we haven't really talked about today. I I should have included this in the show open. I think a Nintendo Switch 2, they can just hit a minimum of 60 FPS in in basically all games. I think would bring a lot of people back to Nintendo. It's not that they necessarily need you, but you talk about really, really carving out even more market dominance. They got 130 million Nintendo Switches in circulation. Yo, Fonzo with 32 months and a VIP, welcome back. They already have amazing, amazing market adoption for their hardware but imagine what that would look like for the next switch if you had a bunch of people that were like long-standing gamers on like pc and playstation and xbox being like yo i've been i've been kind of not getting nintendo because of performance but that nintendo switch too i gotta get that to to bring to bring back that portion of the audience i actually wonder what percentage of the gaming audience like what percentage of the gaming audience is that that they've just completely avoided the switch this time around or maybe they bought one and they kind of stopped buying games for it because it was like yeah the performance just ain't there you know 
let's bring back some of the old virtual boy games the way uh that way us old heads can enjoy them without neck injury and needing physical therapy talica says i really wish they would make the legend of zelda uh minish cap what very good underrated zelda along with oracle of ages and oracle of seasons Halika, are these Game Boy Zeldas? Because I know there's a bunch of Zeldas that I never touched because there was a time where I was 100% PC gamer and the handhelds were kind of exploding and I just had no interest in them. I didn't. My br- What one did my brother have? I don't know if he's here today. He had one of the Game Boys and he loved it. There were games that you could only get for like the Nintendo DS and the 3DS is my last handheld was the Game Boy Color. I got a I had a purple Game Boy Color and I had Pokemon Blue. And that was pretty much all I played on it. I didn't really play anything else. And cuz the content loop was just very very basic. It was, you know, you, you go, you fight, you level up, you go, you fight, you level up. Um So what is this N-Golf game? A well-known indie developer and publisher for Nintendo Switch has announced the release date of N-Golf. The challenging golf adventure will take players through cozy scenic golf courses around the world on January the 11th on the Nintendo Switch uh, console. It really reminds me of Kirby's Dream Course a little bit. It actually does. Like this, It, it, looks, it actually looks really good. N-Golf. You guys need to check that one out. I literally just got an email about it. The last Nintendo product that I owned was one of the handheld sets. I played one of the Pokemon games, Omega Ruby, I think. Prior to that, Game Boy Color with Pokemon Red, Yellow, and Silver. Nintendo 64 is in your attic. Yo, what's good, Captain Toasty Buns? The only handheld Zelda game I played was Link's Awakening and Link's Between Worlds. Will they go back to Smash Brothers? I mean, if we look at... uh, Let's see, where's the image? I think if you look at this image, they've got a lot of reasons to do a new Mario Kart. They've got a lot of reasons to do a new Smash Brothers, a new Zelda, new Mario, new Pokemon. I mean, they just... It's insane. Like, it it truly is insane, the success of their titles. Paul says, Switch 2 just needs support from third-party games. Uh, Call of Duty, FIFA, GTA 6, if they want to target the biggest gamer bases outside of first party. Yeah, I mean, that would be that would be a, a good question, Paul. Is the Switch 2 going to be able to, with harnessing DLSS, attract companies that make games like FIFA... Madden, Call of Duty, GTA, you know, would would a game like Hogwarts have been able to hit a little bit earlier than it did? Because I think I think staggering the release of Hogwarts was the right call, but I wonder how much that hurt sales. Maybe it helped sales. I don't know. But it just stands to reason having everything kind of come out of the exact same time was would have probably been the best. Because you're kind of at the fever pitch of the marketing. And word of mouth, and everybody's really excited. And if you've you got to wait a couple of months or almost the entire year, I don't know if Nintendo cares about that. Yeah, the question would be 
Nintendo g- does so incredibly well with their first party. Are they doing anything to prioritize thir- third party relationships? Because think about their market saturation. If if they start to show similar signs of market saturation with the Nintendo Switch 2, they're not going to have to approach third party. Third party is just going to come to them. Like, look at all these late stage Nintendo Switch games that we would have probably thought, why on earth would you ever try and put that on the Nintendo Switch? Well, it's because late in the life of the Switch, everybody's looking at their market saturation and saying, oh my gosh, we've got to get our game over there. Even if it's like a not so great, not so polished, you know, cloud version of our game. Bro, we got to get over there. I haven't been a Nintendo person since the 64, but playing some titles on my kid's Switch Lite has been refreshing. Yo, it's good Broken Lobo. I just can't commit to their handhelds. Next version, I want to get uh, a full console. I was watching a guy this morning. I believe the name of the YouTube channel is uh, Nintendo Lite. And I've and he was having these these images pop up of like, you know, prototypes of the Switch Pro. And one one prototype was like a, a literal console that you would like put the discs in the top of. Um, and then there were obviously some handheld versions and different controllers sliding off the side. And I don't know if Nintendo will ever go back to doing cla- a classic console. Um, I, I just, with the success and the popularity of the Switch, that is, I think, firmly a part of their identity going forward. I do. Even even their branding. Like, do you remember, if you go and you look for, like, uh, let's see, Nintendo Wii game commercial. I feel like even the branding has really centered itself around the the Switch itself. Like, what was a really popular Nintendo Wii? Here, here, I, I, I already mentioned one. Mario Galaxy uh, trailer. Alright, let's go find a Mario Galaxy trailer and this game... Yeah, Wii pops up, and then it fades, right? Now, if you go to a Tears of the Kingdom trailer, and you open up the you open up the the opening thing, instead of just saying Wii, it says Nintendo Switch. And it's red and it's white. It's the classic Nintendo colors. It's not the Switch. It's the Nintendo Switch. You go back and you watch those Wii commercials, it's like the Wii. And it's just Wii pops up. There's no Nintendo. It's gray. It's white. It's it's this big departure. It's like, what well, this doesn't feel like Nintendo. And the Nintendo Wii did fine. But the Nintendo Switch just feels more firmly planted into their identity. Mobile gaming is way too big to ever go back now. Yeah, being able to take the, the Nintendo Switch with you and play games the size of Tears of the Kingdom is so impressive. Like, I know I get hung up on the frames per second, but if you ignore that one part of it, the scope and the size and the scale of Tears of the Kingdom and being able to take a device with you, a, you know, a $200 device with you and play that game, that is an enormous, enormous achievement. And I just can't see them going back from that. 
They just need a dock that doesn't decrease performance. Yeah, a lot of the times, Parasito, when you would go to the dock, some games, the resolution would go up, and then you would get less consistent frames performance because it's cranking out a higher resolution. One such example would be Breath of the Wild. The Breath of the Wild, people ran tests, and it seemed like it ran more more consistent and more stable undocked. Because when you dock it, it bumps the resolution. And that is, uh, that's just enough to cause a diminishment. Now, it's not night and day. It's not like you dock your Zelda game and all of a sudden it runs like absolute trash. It's, it's more like, uh, if you're really like a purist and you're looking for the best possible experience, it would have been pretty amazing to let me go in and drop the resolution of Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom docked just to see what it did. I don't think it would have gotten a 60, but maybe a stable 40. I don't know. Yo, Graydon was 16 months, and he gifts five members. Graydon taking us to 18 members on the day. Graydon, with, with, with being that generous, I got to tell you, there's about 200 members paying for their own membership, which you clearly are, and you're not at a Reforge Rider. You gotta bump up to a Reforge Rider. Use the upgrade command to do that. We're gonna we're changing things in 2024. So there is 75% of the people paying for their own membership are already a Reforge Rider. So there's a small chunk of you that haven't done it yet. You may have just missed it. Maybe you're not maybe you're not hearing the announcements, but Clearly, you're paying for your own membership and you're gifting five. So it's a dollar to upgrade. But what that does is that affords us the opportunity to do things like the writer's room and streams with Madam just for just for the paying member base. And the gifteds are going to be asked to jump in if they want access to all that stuff. Now, everybody, all members will still get access to community game night. Uh, nights with hilly and we're going to do something new in about 15 minutes just for all members in this stream so if you're just tuning in hit the subscribe button it's free to subscribe that's not a membership that's a free thing that youtube does you're just subscribing to the channel hit subscribe and then you can talk in my chat and do me a favor make sure you have smash that like button likes have been acting squirrely sometimes so make sure it saves your like as well lurkers and folks that listen to the show every day appreciate you being here Nintendo doesn't make stuff people want. They make stuff people didn't even know they wanted. They're going to be some kind of unexpected feature on the Switch 2 that nobody anticipated. I agree. Nintendo has so many IPs they can continue to use, but a few new ones would be nice. People who root their uh, root their Switches have made an OS version that has built-in controls for fan speed and resolution picking. Also, the dock has firmware attached to it. And the stuff in the Switch OS make it seem like Nintendo wanted to do an active dock cooling, but never did. Maybe with the two. Do they own Turok? I actually don't know who owns Turok. Didn't a new Turok game come out recently? Or maybe it was like a remaster or something. Turok 3 Shadow of Oblivion? Alright. What is this game? Turok 3 Shadow of Oblivion was a Nintendo 64 game. Looks like it came from Acclaim. I don't think they're around anymore. Um, The remaster of this game came out November of last year, developed by Night Dive Studios and Iguana Entertainment. 
Night Dive Studio is behind the System Shock remake on Steam, which that has, I believe that has received glowing reviews, a 92%. People seemed to really like it. They also did the Rise of the Triad Ludicrous Edition, and... The Turok game has a 90%. The Rise of the Triad remaster has a 95%. So these guys crush it. These guys absolutely crush it. Night Dive Studios. And a 10-bomb comes in from online MVP and takes us past the goal to 28. Going to give people a really new experience today as a member. And if you like that experience, make sure you jump in and upgrade as a Reforged writer, they did Forsaken Remastered. Do you guys remember Forsaken on the Nintendo 64? They did the Forsaken Remastered in 2018. So, Night Drive has a long history of these remakes. So, I don't know who owns who owns the property. Does Iguana own it? I don't know. It looks like there's a bunch of Turok remakes on Steam. So, it's possible that somebody's you know i don't know handing out the rights to these or something i'm I'm not really sure who owns the rights to turok it's hard to deduce it from here night dive and acclaim entertainment acclaim's not around anymore though are they i don't think they're around turok 3 shadow oblivion remastered landed on the switch as well so someone remastered rise of the triad yeah they did they did that's crazy in about 10 minutes we're going to try something new for members i will gift the members that i owe you guys i currently owe you five members we're trying something new to kick off the new year and i hope you guys like it propaganda games through disney made a game in 2008 according to google do you think the dock will look similar but upgraded or completely different look I could honestly see them doing something where you don't slide it down in. I could see it being something that like actually like locks down into position. Like you kind of like push it in and then push down and it snaps. Maybe. I don't know. With 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 users, you might not want to have something that you're snapping into position because, you know, people bust their screens because they're stupid. The, the sliding it down in might still be the best way to do it. Maybe something that's a little bit firmer. It feels a little it feels a little loose and wobbly in there. It's not a problem. It's just probably not the best for the uh, the the slot where the the charger goes in to not have it be like a firm like locked in connection like almost like have little things that kind of like snap up and grab it to hold it to hold it in place. I never had any issues with mine personally, but it just feels I don't know, it feels it doesn't feel secure in there. I won't be surprised if they don't even do a dock, just a more solid kickstand and a USB-C port on the side of the top. But how would you connect it to your television? You can play the original versions of Zelda Minish Cap and Zelda Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons on Nintendo Switch Online if you have the expansion. Yo, what's good, old soul? How are you? Um... Yeah, I have. I think I have the Nintendo Online. I think I have that. Um, I think I do. It looks like Disney owns Turok. Disney 
owns Turok. Well, I would think right now, if Disney owns Turok, a new Turok game is probably out of the question. I feel like Disney's more heavily focused on Star Wars games and Marvel games. Uh, that's where the big return is. That's where the big you know potential profit is, I would think. A USB-C to HDMI cable ships with the console. So you think they would just completely do away with the dock and you would just walk up and just plug it in? That, I... I'm not going to say no to that, Paris, but that feels kind of chintzy. Your Switch is just like, what, like laying there on the entertainment center? I think people would want to, like, put it in something. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, yeah, yeah, just plug it in. Well, what do I do with it after that? I just set it there. You know, just set it on the on the shelf. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> it doesn't feel... It just doesn't feel... It, there's something about that that feels cheap. You know, it feels kind of... It doesn't feel very classy. (laughs) They're seeing how Jurassic Park is going to do. That's their dino game. That Jurassic Park game looked cool from a nostalgic perspective, but it also looked like hot snot, dude. It looked bad. (laughs) The graphics were really bad. (laughs) I was like... I was kind of geeking out during the trailer... And then I rewatched it and I was like, dude, this game looks like butt. Like, what is going on here? Interesting article about emulation. Too long didn't read. It's very hard to run emulation and by extension port of games because of the literal hardware differences. The article goes into how you need a three gigahertz or more to emulate SNES games simply due to needing to brute force the synchronization between the emulated processors. Really? I'm 20 minutes late. 20 minutes late after lunch. I'm sure my boss will understand. Reforge Gaming was live. Yeah, just tell him. He'll know. I'll be like, I was watching too. <laughs> you only use your Switch for Pokemon, says Diaz. Yeah, I mean, I use my Nintendo Switch for the Mario games right now, whether it's Mario Party, Mario Kart, Super Mario uh, Brothers Wonder, Super Mario uh, RPG. I actually was really thinking that my daughter would like Super Mario Brothers RPG, but she did not. She did not like it. I thought, oh, the slower pace, she'll really vibe with it. No. <laughs> she did not. She was like, she was immediately turned turned off by the game. She's like, I do not want to play this. Make sure they know to get another hour to watch since they disturbed you on your union break. That's right, dude. Leverage, leverage another hour or so. Factor 5's Rogue Squadron needs to come back. Uh, I I think that we're going to see a resurgence of remakes and remasters. Like, there's been a lot of complaints about that, but when you've got two already this year slated for Nintendo, yo, Mile High upgraded to a Reforged Rider. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Like I said, most of you that pay for your own memberships have already done that. There's about 200 folks that have it. We're trying to get all those folks to switch. We're also trying to give gifted members an opportunity to, you know, kind of sample some of the content. And then if you decide to, to bump up, uh, you can do that and then make room, you know, make room for others and kind of get committed, be a part of what we do here. My kids were turned off by the combat system in Super Mario RPG. Oh, well, I guess I'll play it then. Yeah, my, my kids didn't like it. <laughs> I thought she would like it. Did I do the thing? You did the thing. It showed up in chat, Mile High. Thank you guys so much for doing that. 
I do think, though, you're going to see more remakes and remasters, and I think Nintendo could potentially really flood the market with games this year, especially if they do a Switch 2, because they just have so so much property. Like, the fact that they're digging that deep, and they're like, okay, uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong. Um, okay, Super, uh, I'm sorry, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. And, uh, let's see. When did the original... The original Super Mario Brothers RPG came out in 2015. So, that one was eight years, you know. That one was not ten years, that was an eight-year wait. But still. Still. You know, I you got you gotta wonder. They've got so much... They've got so much property. Oh no, I'm sorry. 2015 is the Wii U release date. What's like the original, original release date of Super Mario RPG? Um, no, that's a virtual console. Uh, SNES game. 2008? No, that's not right. When that I was going to say, that doesn't sound right. 1996 I was like wait a minute I was like that doesn't seem long enough ago <laughs> the last time it was like it was a it was a virtual console on the Nintendo Wii that's where that Google gave me a bad date I was like as I was talking about it, I was like wait a minute that's an older game than that you did they're digging back deep brothers 1996 27 years ago so they're doing games that are 20 years old this year with Paper Mario and Mario vs. Donkey Kong. And Super Mario RPG was even older than that. 27 years old. So, you gotta wonder. With the success of remakes, man, we're probably gonna see a whole lot more. Yo, Old Soul with 23 months and a Reforged writer says, Commit to happy 2024. There you go. It came out at the end of the SNES era, right before the 64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that before. Like, I'll look up the release date of something, and I just see the first release date, and I just run with it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that can't be the right release date. Um, Wasn't the first Paper Mario, like 2001? Well, this is Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. So that this specific one is uh, is 20 years old. So the, the, maybe the first one is what you're thinking of. Luigi's Mansion for the Switch 2. Well, I'm curious about that, Parasito. I almost kind of brought that up in the opening monologue, how another thing they're doing this year that I was a little bit disappointed by when we saw Luigi's Mansion mentioned. I thought we were going to get another Luigi's Mansion. They're doing like an HD remaster. Why? Why? Like, does it, does that, I feel like that kind of points to a Switch too, doesn't it? Like, do you really need to do that? My, my kiddos and I played that on the Switch. It was, it was great. I don't understand. It's Luigi's Mansion 2, right? They're doing the remaster of Luigi's Mansion 2. Luigi's Mansion 2 remaster. Hmm... Yeah, Luigi's Mansion 2 HD is coming out this year. Like, why? 
Luigi's Mansion 2 release date. Oh, I'm thinking of 3. I'm an idiot. My kiddos and I played Luigi's Mansion 3 and we loved it. They're doing the remaster in the HD of 2. I'm getting my freaking wires crossed. That's my fault. I'm an idiot. Okay, because that came out in 2019. So that's like five years old. That's what I was thinking. I was like, why would you remaster that? I think I saw the 2 and I just automatically assumed that was the most recent one. It was a 3DS game. Got it. So that holds with that actually holds with the trend right now of they're going back to games from like Game Boy Advance 3DS they're going back deep now GameCube 3DS and Game Boy Advance they're grabbing games from that era and remaking remastering again you gotta wonder why are you doing that are you doing that because you're getting ready to push something out like they're literally calling it Luigi's Mansion 2 HD HD are there Nintendo games right now that say that? Like Nintendo Switch games that talk about being HD? Is that like a... That's never really been a marketing point for them. Like you go to their... You go to their uh, you go to their website. This is Nintendo's website. Oh, hang on. That's the wrong capture card. Uh, I'm all messed up here. There we go. Like, they're not calling it Luigi's Mansion 2 Remastered. They're calling it Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. It's going to be enhanced in HD on the Nintendo Switch system. I don't know, dude. Nintendo suddenly having something they can talk about in HD, right? Well, this is something we're going to be doing now for the final 30 minutes of the show. We're going to turn chat into a members-only chat. And you guys can utilize that to ask me questions. So I'm going to launch the Q&A. And we'll just do a uh, topic or gaming AMA. There you go. You can submit questions now as a member. And this is for everybody. This is for gifted members, VIPs, Reforged writers. So for the final 30 minutes of the show, we can kind of debrief on the topic, debrief on gaming in general, and this is reserved specifically for members. You can use that Q&A topic at the top, and you can use that to submit questions, and then we'll put them in a question room for me. And this is something just for you. Here's Nintendo's website. No signal. That's right. That's right. Give me red, blue, and yellow. Sadiqwa says, Thank God I just got a membership. Well, this is just a really easy way for us to showcase members' content really quickly for people without having to make you go to like a new video, right? And not making you go somewhere else. Like you don't have to go to you don't have to go to a Discord. You don't have to go to a premiere or or a members only stream or anything like that. You can try out members only stuff right now. Parasito says, What's your least anticipated IP of twenty twenty four? that you'd still be interested in playing. I think my least on Nintendo, I think my least would be the uh, the Princess Peach game, but I'm probably going to be pretty surprised by that one. I'll probably end up really liking it. Yeah. Joe Inspire with a, with a members-only question here says, I don't know if you've covered this already. Do we have a date yet or the specs on the new Nintendo Switch? So in the show open, I basically said there were... 
there was information about Samsung making LCDs for a new console. I don't know what console would require an LCD. A new console? It clearly wasn't the portal. That's not a console. That's an accessory for a console. So a lot of people thought, well, that would be the Nintendo Switch. Well, now we have reports coming from Korea that there's going to be an OLED version. So the current rumors and leaks are pointing to a two-tier launch, the cheap version with the LCD and the OLED costing more, which makes sense because so many people bought the Switch OLED. Buying a brand new Switch LCD only would feel like a step back for them if they're if they're used to the OLED screen. And it's looking like, according to earnings calls, they said there would be no new Nintendo hardware until the fiscal year was over, which means they will not release any new hardware in the first quarter of this year. So my suspicion would be you would get an announcement in like February, March, and then the device would release in May. There are other people speculating the exact same thing. So Devin says, does emulation hurt Nintendo? I don't necessarily think emulation hurts Nintendo. I think emulation as a future for game preservation. I think emulation just needs to be profitable for companies. And until it is, it will always be sort of a, I don't want to say dark web. Um, it, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. Underground. It'll always be more of an underground effort. Do you get, you get what I'm saying? I would jump all over the LCD version. So I'm going to be playing Doc 99% of the time. Yeah, same here. I'd take whatever I can get just so I would have one at launch and probably opt to get the OLED later if I couldn't get my hands on one. That way I could kind of compare and talk to you guys about like the differences. But I do think that like emulation as a way of game preservation, like I'm fully in support of. And I think if there was actual economic reasons to do it, companies would do it. I have said that companies like Nintendo and PlayStation and Xbox should be working with the emulators and create an illegal emulation marketplace. And then you do royalty shares with the rights holders with the platforms and with the people making the emulated versions of the games. The challenge with that is I don't think it would be economically viable or profitable for Nintendo or PlayStation or Xbox. It wouldn't be viable for them to do it, so it'll never happen. That's sort of like my pipe dream world that they would just work with the emulators so like I could go and buy a really, really good emulated version of Breath of the Wild for my PC and play it at 60 FPS or and play co-op and not have to jump through all these freaking hoops and install all this weird stuff like I don't want to do all of that right now there are people who brag about emulation and stealing Nintendo games I think people should pay close attention that, that that's that's just not something that Nintendo stands for and that's not something that you should really be you know advertising because in general, you're—I mean, you're stealing. There's nothing else to call that. Like emulating a game that you already own because you just would rather have it on your computer, or you don't—you don't ever want to lose the game. Okay, you know that—that that gets into gray territory. But I think emulation for game preservation should happen. But I think the challenge would be the gaming community. I'm sorry, the gaming world is continuing to mushroom that 
there will be so many games 20 years from now you're going to have a really really hard time motivating companies to preserve games like you know really old off the beaten path Nintendo games I'm not talking like mainstays like Zelda I'm talking like as far as a financial endeavor you're just not going to see a lot of people that want to do it because the company's going to say, "Why are we going to spend money on this? There's no ROI, you know. There's no, there's no. We, we're going to, we're not going to make anything. Companies aren't charities. Stop expecting them to do things that won't move profit. They're only motivated by greed. Yeah, welcome to business. Like th- that, that mindset in the gaming world. I just think it's, it's so doe-eyed. It's somebody who's never run their own business or worked for a small business. They don't have even the most basic business acumen. So they think that they're like they're saying something." you know, firm and ideological and self-righteous to be like, these companies are only motivated by corporate greed. Yes, that's quite literally what they're in the business to do. They're in the business to make profit. Now, we have standards in place for, you know, workplace conditions and ethics and scams so that consumers are protected as well as workers. As soon as you get out of that territory, you don't really get to commentate self-righteously about what companies do. And you're never going to see a company spend tons of money to preserve or fix something if they can't make profit from it. it that's, that's basic business logic. They're just not going to do it. There will always be underground components regardless of piracy because even if companies support and do their own emulation to make money, they would never emulate every game, which wouldn't be enough. For sure, there's that aspect too, Solemn. They they would never emulate everything. But again, you could work with the emulators and say, oh, hey, put your... Like, you would incentivize the emulators to come to your marketplace. Hey, you emulated some lesser-known title? Bring it over here. We'll get it certified. We'll sell it on our marketplace so you can make some money on it. You know what I'm saying? Another question from the members only Q&A. Uh, from Broken Lobo, he says, Your Dark Horse Bombshell in 2024. I think Foam Stars is going to surprise people. I'm going to continue to say that. I think everybody's writing that game off. I think it's going to be like a surprise breakout hit. Uh, so, yeah, I keep saying that. It's not even because like I'm in the game's corner or I'm fanboying about it. I just think that it's going to surprise everybody. YouTube Lurker says, Does Nintendo need better code, online support, or online support before it can be considered for third-party games? The experience so far uh, has been off for me. <clears throat> well, I think it's a matter of priority. And I don't think Nintendo prioritizes third-party online gaming. They'll, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure they like the fact that, you know, they got Fortnite over there doing its thing. But Fortnite runs off of the Epic Online store. Everything's baked into Fortnite. Like, when, when Epic worked with uh, the team at... Oh gosh, what's their name? The guys that make Fall Guys. Their name just went right out of my head. The guys that make Fall Guys. Epic worked with them, baked in the Epic Online backbone into the game. So that Fall Guys is like 100% cross-play now. And whenever you open up the menus in there, it looks just sort of like Fortnite. Like how you navigate your friends list and stuff. And I think that Nintendo is 
perfectly fine with companies kind of shouldering that burden. They're like, we don't need to do all this crap. We don't need to have an elaborate friends list system and a party system and a social system. They don't need that. Media tonic, thank you. Like, they don't need it. it. It comes right back to what I was just saying about emulation. Is Nintendo going to spend money on something that doesn't generate them revenue? Right? Are they going to make any money on that? Are they establishing some kind of, you know, infrastructure so that the 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 connectivity and the friends lists and the social aspects are all so much better? No. I think they do going forward. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll accept that pushback. I don't necessarily think they can stay static forever and ignore that aspect of things, but my pushback would be how many mobile games do you play that are dependent upon some social infrastructure, you know, netcode thing that like Apple has built or Android has built? It, it doesn't. It doesn't seem necessary, does it? It's like the, Apple is not going to invest in that. I mean, they have that. What they have that game center thing on your phone and like it tracks what you do. That's the most underbaked thing I've ever interacted with. That's that's not even that good. You play a game like Fortnite, and what's it do? It's going to use its own stuff. So I don't know. I don't know if they need to. I think the gaming on the go player mentality is not expecting that. I think we expect that because we come from consoles, and we're like, "Yo, where's my friends list, bro? Where's the party system? Like, how do I get people in my game, man?" Like, well, Nintendo's like, give them a 19-digit friend code. You know, and go through 18 different hoops of inviting them. They just don't need... I just don't think they need to. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't change. But we're not seeing that in the the mobile market. And that means I don't know if you would necessarily see it in, in, in Nintendo's push. Oh, I tell you what I need to do. I need to gift the members that I owe. Let's pull some more people into, um, the... Let's pull some more people in here. I owe you guys five members. I'm going to gift them right now. If you guys want to keep gifting members, now's a great time to do it because we are doing a members-only Q&A. So chat is set to members-only. Uh, Lone Wolf says, did you see that Asmongold started playing Monhun? I I did. I don't really care. I'm not really a Monhun guy. Uh, Eugene says, can you explain how it's not the flute but the melody that's important? <laughs> No, members will have to go watch Friday Night Stream to get that joke. Parasito says, Was Nintendo late to the party with the online access monetization model they're using? Is there a way for them to minimize the pain point for consumers? I really think the dilemma is that the biggest titles do it for them. Like, if if Call of Duty comes to the, to the Nintendo Switch too. Call of Duty already has its own internal friendsless system. It has its own internal social system. Fortnite, another really, really big giant title. It's built in. You know, like Nintendo doesn't have to do anything. Yo, Darth Nihilus gifts a membership to pull somebody in right now to the members only Q&A. Thank you so much for doing that, Darth Nihilus. Like, it, it. you see what I'm saying? If the biggest titles were like, we can't come to you, Nintendo, because you don't have that stuff built, then Nintendo might say, I don't know, dude, that Fortnite money might be pretty good. That Call of Duty money might be pretty good. Maybe we should build something. They don't have to. 
the biggest titles already have those systems built. So all Nintendo has to do is just sit there and the companies come to them. Look at how many people didn't take the Nintendo Switch seriously and then late in the life cycle of the console, we're seven years in, we're seeing games like Doom and The Witcher and Hogwarts Legacy come to the Nintendo Switch. Why? Because they're like, oh my gosh, there's just too many. There's too many Nintendo Switches to not put our game over there. Does that make sense? So... If the Nintendo Switch 2 lands and it's like, hey, we got an NVIDIA chipset, we can harness DLSS, we can do this, we can do that, and a 10 bomb from Behemoth, and he takes us up to 39 members on the day. If you guys get us to 50, I'll owe you five more. Welcome on in. You guys that just got gifted members, you can take part in members-only Q&A. You can use the Q&A at the top of the chat to submit questions, and this is reserved just for members. Um, Sneaky Wolf with another members only question says what event do you think the Switch 2 will be announced well they don't need an event they don't need an event they would do a Nintendo Direct and they would blow our freaking minds a Nintendo Direct just just hypothetically speaking here i don't have any inside sources so i'm just i'm just thinking out loud a nintendo direct that announces a nintendo switch 2 with a release date if there's two versions lcd oled two great price points and they announce launch titles like metroid fusion i'm sorry metroid prime 4 and a new mario kart and then they talk about games like mario versus donkey kong and paper mario and uh, you've got this Luigi's Mansion HD if there's a bunch of HD titles to really drive that home I, I feel like that thing that, that would take over that's all people would be talking about it would blow everybody's minds I'm like oh my gosh there's a new Nintendo Switch coming you have 130 million Nintendo Switches in circulation yo Chris thanks for jumping in and getting a Reforge Rider membership no we're bringing back Q&A this is going to be how we end every talk show. 30 minutes of members-only Q&A, so that way every member gets a taste of, like, exclusive content, kind of. But then we're going to go premiere and then go directly to writer's room. So if you want to come to the extra content, you're going to have to grab your own membership and grab, grab a Reforge writer. If you want to hang out on Friday night with my wife, you're going to have to be paying for your own membership. We've decided that the vast majority of the people who are paying for their own membership were already doing a Reforge Rider and we just made some changes that we thought would be best for me and my schedule as well as giving people that chance to try out member content and then grab their own membership if they want to hopefully the Switch 2 has 512 gig built in you mean oh, you mean like storage for, for, for installing games hopefully the switch oh I'm sorry I already read that I think they would purposely steer clear of any time where there are events right like that's what I mean they would do a Nintendo Direct in like February or March or April or something when there's not a lot going on I mean there's games coming out and stuff there's games coming out but give me one second
Sorry, door was cracked. Kids are coming down. Um, I just want Metroid 4 already. Yeah, I agree with you, Eugene. I was kind of watching that. Uh, more members-only questions here. Victor says... Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Uh, let's see. Parasita says, How much are people coming late to the Switch because of mobile? Um, if you can port to a Switch, it's a stone's throw from mobile given the current architecture. How much of people are coming late to the Switch might be because of mobile? I'm not sure what you mean. Hadigan says, Since Sony and Nintendo are already working together on movies, do you anticipate any first-party Sony titles landing on the Switch 2? Um, I really don't know because I really think PlayStation's push with first-party is going to be the PlayStation 5 Pro as well as then, you know, porting to PC. I think they're going to be pushing Fidelity. I don't know if that works on a Nintendo Switch 2. As strong or as better or whatever. What what we might see on the Nintendo Switch 2, I don't think that necessarily jives with like a um, like a Ghost of Tsushima 2 PS5, PS5 Pro Enhanced. Let's imagine that's a game because it's probably a game. I don't think, I just don't see that landing on a Switch. It, it doesn't seem like that would align with PlayStation's goals. A lot of people over there, you know, but I don't know. Uh, Victor says, since uh, speaking of Nintendo Direct, do you think Nintendo will ever lessen restrictions on content creation and takedowns? They've actually gotten so much better, Victor. I don't really fear when I stream a Nintendo game now like I used to. I used to be like, oh no, they're going to come for me. You know? They don't, they don't really do that anymore. Now, if you put it up a Nintendo game, played it for an hour, and talked massive crap about it the entire time, and told people to never buy it, yeah, I mean, Nintendo might come knocking, especially if you're a bigger content creator. So I do think you, you've got to be careful. I think you can be critical of their games without risk of, like, repercussions. But I don't necessarily think that there, like, there was a time where it was like you just weren't sure what Nintendo was going to do. I we covered their direct most recently and had no issues. I was kind of scared, but I was like, let's do it, and we had no problems. I actually think we, I actually think that that went well for us as well uh, when we streamed it. Didn't it go well for us? Nintendo Direct Live we streamed on September the fourteenth. Yeah, that was perfectly fine for us. Our Nintendo content usually performs a little bit weaker. Usually performs a little bit weaker, but that performed really well for us. Today hasn't been bad. It's better than typically we've gotten in the past for Nintendo content, but you can certainly tell it's a it's a lighter turnout. It's just not as strong. We don't have as strong of a foothold. My, my audience leans more towards Xbox and PlayStation and PC. Nintendo is probably the smallest slice of the of the community pie here guys we are 11 members away from 50 if you guys push it to 50 we'll bring more people into this Q&A session that we're doing right now for members and then I'll owe more members as well if you guys want to push that number do that really quickly we'll be going uh, we'll be doing this for a little bit longer Lone Wolf says what do you think of the other Xbox first party titles that will come out this year assuming that Hellblade 2 and Avowed both come out this year listen I'm seeing some um there are, you know, Xbox loyal, Xbox hopeful out there. 
that are that are you know they're tweeting their lists of what they think is going to come out this year. I I don't want to be unkind, but I I'll say it this way: I think some of these people are literally setting themselves up for massive disappointment. I don't think Xbox is going to back up the dump truck this year and just be like, yeah, no, every game's coming out. Yo, Aaron Claypool sets it up for somebody to slam home a 10 bomb, a single, and he bumps the line to 40. That's oh so tantalizing. Very nice layup there, Aaron Claypool. Thank you. Like, I saw people saying, like, Clockwork Revolution is a surprise shadow drop or, uh, you know, Everwild. I'm like, I see people saying Fable. I'm like, bro, settle down. Like, you're going to get Hellblade 2. You're going to get Avowed. You're going to get Towerborn. You're going to get 33 Immortals. Those are confirmed. Everything else, just if I were you, man, just stop. In, oh, and let's just throw Call of Duty in there. We know there's a Call of Duty coming this year. That's an Xbox title now. Now that's multi-plat, but still, you can throw that one in there. That's a pretty good year. In light of what Xbox did in 2022 and 2023, everything I just listed is a really nice year. Just settle down, bro. What are y'all doing? They're, it's like you think because suddenly things are going in a better direction that my Xbox is just gonna be like, yeah, just launch everything we've got in one year. They're not going to do that, bro. They're going to be very, very... Listen, I want them to be strategic and, tact- and tactical about it. Like, release things when they're ready. That's how, that's how they should do it. If something needs delayed, delay it. you got so much property now, the year can be full even if you have to delay a couple of games. Not like in the past where you delay a couple of games and then like nothing comes out. You're not in that scenario anymore. So, it's safe to assume those four are it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think, I just think that's a good lineup. I think, like I said, I think people are out here kind of talking crazy. I was, I had people all year in 2023, all year long telling me, no dude, Hellblade 2's coming. Hellblade 2's coming. No, it didn't, and no, I said the whole year it wasn't, and the people are like, yeah, Fable, Clockwork Revolution, Everwild. Dude, you're just listing games. There's no reason to think that. There's no reason to think that. Now, maybe we get a look at those games in the showcase, and maybe some of them are coming next year. Oh, I'm all for that, dude. Yes, I'd love to see some of these games. I'd love to get a look at what they look like. I'd love to see some raw gameplay, but I think people are setting themselves up for disappointment. I think they are. Um... Guys, in about three minutes, we're going to go to a premiere about the Starfield conspiracy. And uh, that video is going to be followed by a writer's room. And if you want to come with us to the writer's room, you're going to want to upgrade before we get there. And that is something that we're going to be doing. And we will do the writer's room will then be around 1215. But this premiere of, uh, of the Starfield Conspiracy, it's really, really funny. Written by a stand-up comedian and a guy who wrote for The Tonight Show and some other shows. Wrote a really funny article. Talica with 19 months in a VIP says, Only a handful of months away from that 24-month badge. Thank you so much, Talica. Eugene says, I can't even be confident Hellblade 2 is 2024. I see people pulling for Hellblade to come out early in the year. Like, first quarter. I'm like, why? Why are you saying that? It's like, I... 
I don't think any of these people are like, I don't think it's mal intended. I don't think it's like malice. I just don't think they're actually following the games. I don't think they're fans of the games. If you were following and a fan of Hellblade, you would know how insane it is to ask for that game in the first quarter of, of the year. You're insane. That, that, that game, sh- I want that game pushed into next year. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want that game pushed into next year. I don't want that game to come out this year because it hasn't been in full production for very long. But people that aren't really a fan of Hellblade and they, you know, they've never played the first and they're just using Hellblade as, you know, console war fodder, I guess. It's like, if you were really a big fan of that game, you wouldn't be saying any of this. You wouldn't be saying, oh, I really hope that game comes out in the earlier part of the year. You wouldn't be saying that. You'd be like, well, I don't let that game cook. It hasn't even been in full production for that long. What do you mean? You stop stop focusing on cadence and delivery and game pass and focus on quality. Like that's what I want. The last thing I want to do is turn around and be like, yep, Hellblade 2 clearly came out too early, you know? Clearly came out, came out too early. Now, if you guys want to give the next 10 members in this premiere, I'm going to put a link in chat and we are going to go to uh, this premiere of about the Starfield conspiracy. Uh, very funny article that I react to about this, uh, the, uh, the Starfield conspiracy. So be sure to click the link in chat or you can ride the redirect and come with us. The stream is now over. And that's a great way to end it. If you guys were enjoying that Q&A session and you want to continue to ask me questions, upgrade to a Reforged writer so you can be part of the writer's room that follows this premiere. So let's head over to the Starfield Conspiracy premiere and see what this is all the fuss is about. And then if you're a Reforged writer, I'll see you in the writer's room.